HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila. Handcrafted, expert-approved, with over 20 international blind-tasting awards. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Southern Peanut Growers, committed to making sustainable more attainable for chefs and cooking enthusiasts worldwide. Welcome to Spill and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $170 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you want to know more about membership, visit specialtyfood.com. In each episode of Spill and Dish, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, Megan Rooney, Education Manager at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way eaters think about food. Today's guests are the husband and wife founders behind Remedy Organics, Henry and Cindy Kassendorf. Remedy Organics is a great tasting health and wellness platform focused on clean label, plant-based food and beverages with meaningful functional ingredients. Henry is a seasoned entrepreneur, and Cindy is a nutritional health counselor, so it's no surprise that their business is experiencing rapid growth in leading stores like Whole Foods, Walmart, and CVS. Welcome to Spill and Dish, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Great to be with you. Great to have you. And I'm all about my morning shake, especially cacao essentials. <laughs> um, so it's a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you. Great to speak with you also. So we'll jump right into our questions for you today. Um, for those who may not be as familiar, what does Remedy Organics produce? We produce a line of 
delicious plant-based beverages. Um, our initial line was a line of plant-based protein drinks. And uh, more recently, we launched a line of immunity shots as well. Yeah, awesome. and, and we also have a remedy reset cleanse in, in the line, which has been doing really well. So we have our remedy uh, core line, which is our functional shakes. We also have a keto line. Um, we have three flavors, coffee, vanilla, and uh, chocolate. And then uh, we also have, as Henry mentioned, our, our wellness uh, shots and then our cleanse, our remedy reset cleanse. Great. Can you tell me about your backgrounds and how you came to start a natural food company? Sure. So it, it really all began with myself. Um, I didn't uh, start this with the idea of it becoming as big as where we are today. Um, my background is in nutrition. And um, it really, when I think back, it started way back to my childhood where um, I grew up uh, with a father who had diabetes. And from very early on, I was able to make that connection between food and how it affects our bodies, um, you know, seeing what my father had, had been uh, through. And from there, I always just was very passionate about food and wellness. And um, personally, I would always take uh, natural remedies for healing and prevention. So my go-to medicine cabinet is not your typical uh, medicine cabinet. I would first turn to natural remedies that I've, I've, I would you know, learn about, um, things that people have used uh, for healing uh, for many years, for thousands of years, ancient remedies. I was always intrigued by that. And so it started, um, you know, with with this belief of using food as medicine, and I am that um, customer who goes into the supermarket and and turns the bottle and dissects the ingredients and and looks at everything at the the, the nutrition facts and all, um, and and also, um, you know, so so I didn't see anything that was out there in the market um, when I. But as I mentioned, my background is in nutrition. I was looking to create products that I can feel good about and give my clients and also personally take uh, myself and, and have my family use. And so there was nothing out there that was truly wholesome, nutritious, nutrient dense. Um, and that was also delicious that I felt comfortable um, recommending. So I started making my own products. Um, and I had a knack for creating with, with also um, my background. I grew up in Israel as well as here in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and so I, I always, I used to go to markets and, and where you see all the fresh fruits and vegetables and different ingredients. Um, everything is kind of in, in these open bins and, and um, really spent many years, uh, many summers in Israel and, and, and going through these markets in Israel. And, and so that was natural for me, having fresh uh, produce and fresh ingredients. And, and so I just had a knack for creating and making things taste good. I also discovered that I'm a super taster. I have a very sensitive taste palette. Um, so any of these uh, natural remedies on their own may taste awful, but um, when, when combining it with, with what I created, 
everyone would tell me this tastes amazing. And, and, you know, how do you make this? And people started asking me to make it for them. And my clients, you know, did it, you know, it wasn't as easy for them. And for me, it was just something that I did um, using my blender or my juicer in my kitchen and, and just making it for, for them. And, and so this is the background and, and where, you know, the inspiration started. And, and, and from there, um, you know, we ended up where we are today. Henry, as, as this grew and gained traction, um, initially I, I did everything, the marketing piece, the, every, every part of the business, which, which, uh, is, is challenging. And a few years later, um, Henry, I've seen him build other companies and, in other industries and, and I needed help. So I kind of roped him into, into all of this or, or, you know, he saw, he was excited by, by what he was seeing and he was uh, in a transitional period. And so he, he joined me on this amazing journey. Yeah. And, and I really never dreamed that Cindy and I would be working together, but I saw how her products were resonating with consumers. I saw the traction she was getting and, now, one thing I learned very early on is the best partnerships out there are when you have two people with truly complementary skills. And Cindy's an amazing visionary with formulations, with creating. She can make anything taste good. And uh, if you look at our ingredients on their own in many of our products, they don't sound like they would taste great. But Cindy mm-hmm. creates these incredible formulations and, and the biggest comment we get from people, the most common, is how can this be so healthy? How can this have all these amazing ingredients in it and taste so good? So I really, I saw that there was an opportunity to position a brand at the epicenter of some really big macro trends, right? Mm-hmm. All driven by what I saw as the convergence of the food and beverage and the health and wellness industry and saw that we could get in very early stage in this, what I see is this functional food, functional beverage movement, right? Because we're seeing that consumers want more out of their beverages than just hydration. They want more out of their food than just nourishment. So these functional, purposeful ingredients that Cindy formulates with really play right into that. Um, But the beauty of this is it wasn't created in a lab. It wasn't created in a conference room with a bunch of CPG executives reverse engineering what would work for a brand. It started with Cindy's passion for just making great products. And uh, it's really taken off from there. Yeah. And and it started right in my kitchen. Um, my, My youngest son was two at the time and he was my little taste tester. So, so mm-hmm. he'd have that green mustache and, and he was there by my side, uh, tasting all of the products. That's so awesome. And Henry, you mentioned that you never would have imagined that you'd be running a business with your wife. We have a lot of members that run companies with family members or their spouse. Do you guys have any tips for makers that are working very closely with family? I, I definitely do. <laughs> uh, I have a lot, but I think some of the most important ones are you know, having boundaries, right? Um, at 11 o'clock at night, you know, I don't want to talk about new formulations after, you know, <laughs> a long, busy day. And Cindy doesn't want to talk about, you know, 
venture capital, right? Or funding options, um, you know, it, but, you know, Remedy is our fifth child, right? We have four kids, Remedy is our fifth child. So it's hard not to keep mm-hmm. things separate because it's such an important part of our life. But by having those boundaries where we can go for a walk together and sometimes we'll say, we're not gonna talk about work and, and we don't. And sometimes we say, hey, we need some time, but let's get out of the office and let's go out on a hike and talk about this new innovation or this launch at you know, some store or a new hire that we're you know, making. So really setting expectations for the time we spend together so we don't you know, have a miscommunication and end up kind of going deep into something that, that you know, the other is not really prepared for. That's super helpful. Yeah. Boundary setting is so important. How many years have you guys been in the industry for? So my, my background in, in, is in uh, nutrition. I mm-hmm. had a practice, a nutritional counseling practice. And so that was uh, around 2009. Um, but this, I entered the food and beverage industry in 2013. And then we launched Remedy Organics in 2017. So it's been, it's been quite a long time now. Which, which is amazing. I mean, time, time really flies. Um, you know, we, we didn't have a background in the industry, in the food and beverage industry. Um, and so I, I just did what I loved. I, I, I just formulated um, and, and then hired people or, uh, um, that, that knew more than us in the industry, mm-hmm. surrounded ourselves with people who had uh, more expertise in the, the food and beverage uh, industry. Yeah, we surrounded yeah. ourselves with great people early on, advisors before we even had employees, advisors who have built uh, great food beverage companies uh, who could help us. And then when we started hiring key employees, employees who had experience as well and could up manage us because we really didn't know what we didn't know. And that's, uh, yeah. that's a scary place to be. Yeah. I knew to make a great product, but there's so many other pieces of, of growing this uh, company. Yeah. But one of, one of my favorite quotes is from Mark Twain, who once said, to succeed in life, you need two things, ignorance and confidence. And, <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of these really innovative food brands are started by entrepreneurs that are a lot younger than than. We were when we started and that ignorance and confidence factor is much higher, right? You can afford to be a lot more ignorant, right? When you're 23, 25, no kids, no mortgage. Um, And if things go really bad, you're sleeping on your parents' couch again, right? So it's easier to be ignorant and confident when you're younger. It's harder as you get older, but we try to look at things through that lens, Right. Uh, and, and take those risks and not be so careful. And that's really what what pays off when you can lean in and just let let it go. Um, so that's that's a big part of it. Yeah. What were some of the obstacles that you faced in bringing your brand to market? You know, Cindy got a lot of great traction early on. And it was funny because actually my sister was our first employee and she was actually a chef and was working for another food brand. And she said, Cindy, I love your products. Let, let me help you. Just 
leverage some of my relationships when I'm going into some of these stores because I see how well you're doing uh, with this. And she went out and she helped us get some really great accounts in New York City, Dean and DeLuca at the time, Gourmet Garage. And uh, she came back after the first week and said, this is the easiest product I've ever had to sell. (laughs) And I want to come work with you guys. I don't care what you can pay me, um, but I want to come help you because I believe in what you're doing and I see how it resonates with these stores. And everyone says, yes, everyone loves it. So you really have something special here. So, I mean, that was kind of like initially, you know, it was an obstacle. It was a great sort of proof point for us. It was an obstacle because we knew we had something, but I wasn't fully committed to building this business yet. I was still transitioning out of another company that I was building and recently exited. And Cindy, you know, is a mother of four children as well um, that need her. So really figuring out that work-life balance with the family um, was was a big challenge in the beginning. Uh, other f- obstacles yeah, was funding. I, and we were self-funding initially. We were self-funding and this is... And that was tough. <laughs> yes, it's a very capital-intensive industry, especially beverage with slotting fees and promotional fees that are required. Um, so that was a big issue as well for us. Yeah. And then we raised a friends and family round um, I, that, you know, and, and that's after that, um, you know, just, just having to raise funds while running your business at the same time is, is challenging. Um, trying to fa- tra- trying to stay focused on running the day to day, but yet having to, going be out there and raise funds you know that that was uh challenging um and and scaling scaling up mm-hmm. out of uh, my home kitchen initially and 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 just had to keep uh finding um space we went from my kitchen to a shared kitchen space and from there on um you know it grew into another uh, my own space. So just, just that part of it. Um, yeah. Scaling up. Was scaling challenging. Up. Yeah. So would you approach scaling and funding in different ways if you could go back in time and start over again, or do you feel like you handled these in a way that was natural and ultimately beneficial to your company? I, I would say we, we did it the right way. I would say that, you know, the capital raise that we did with friends and families was great because it they saw how we were getting traction and they wanted to be involved. It wasn't hard to raise that part of it. It's hard to ask people, you know, for money, uh, mm-hmm. but they all really believed in it and wanted to participate. Um, the other part, it was just you know, getting Cindy out of the kid, the home kitchen here mm-hmm. <laughs> because our kids would come home and there'd be, yeah, crates of ingredients and all sorts of things. And and we knew now we're starting to sell a product in retailers. We needed a, a certified commercial kitchen that was you know registered with the Department of Health. And we kept outgrowing these shared commercial kitchens that Cindy was in. Uh, and we weren't ready to commit to a full production facility. Um, we really wanted to make sure that this was going to work. So we kind of, I would say, took some baby steps early on to go from one shared kitchen 
to another and slightly bigger, slightly bigger. And then we got to a point where we both had to be completely all in and we started to raise the capital. And, you know, I, I say to people all the time, if you're not willing to throw your body maniacally into it a thousand percent, you shouldn't be doing it. And it wasn't until we got to that point where we were both ready to throw ourselves in you know, a thousand percent in a maniacal way that things really took off because that's when we committed to our own facility. That's where we committed to a number of key hires. That's where we raised capital and we're now had a fiduciary responsibility to properly you know, shepherd that capital in the right direction. So once we were committed to it and fully all in is when things just took off and went really crazy with the brand. That's great. What was the biggest surprise about getting involved in the specialty food trade? Think how, how much consumers appreciate what we do, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The feedback we get from consumers every day on things such as the appreciation for the ingredients that Cindy sources from producers all over the world, uh, how our products help people. I mean, we, we get emails and DMs contacted all the time by consumers that tell us these incredible stories and we share it with our team. We have a number of Slack channels for the company and whenever something comes in, we share it and it sounds like it's made up because that's how passionate people are about our products, thanking us. We received an email recently of the subject line was, thank you for changing my life. But on a regular basis, these incredible stories of people who've used our products in certain ways that may have you know, issues with gluten or dairy or need energy and, and found it in our matcha because they can't drink coffee, um, mm -hmm. on and on. It just, it just continues. And, and it's really wonderful to hear those things uh, from our consumers, but they appreciate it and they recognize something that's made with integrity and passion. And yeah. you can't, you can't fool people. They are looking for real true products with a story behind the brand and they love what our brand stands for. It really resonates with them. And we have a real obligation to fulfill that because of our name, right? Ramity or yeah. We have this incredible name and we have an obligation to produce our products at a very high standard because of that, that brand halo we have now. Yeah. And to me, that is the most rewarding part of all of this, hearing all of these stories from our consumers. When I was in practice working with uh, my clients one-on-one, -on -one, I, I could see the, the, the changes, the impact I had on the lives of my clients and now seeing that I'm able to do the same with our products, with, with what we hear, um, you know, people using them for, you know, post-surgery, for different uh, things. As Henry said, we get these amazing emails and story tags daily letting us know um, how our products have helped them. So to me, this is truly the most uh, rewarding part that, that fuels my day-to-day -day job. It's amazing. And selfishly, I'm... 
I love this stuff. Um, I love learning about adaptogens. Can you tell the audience um, what some of these functional ingredients that you use are and kind of what the benefits associated with them are? So for example, maybe what ashwagandha can do to help you or maca? Sure. So there are many functional ingredients across all of our products and things like ashwagandha, which is, um, it's known as the Indian uh, ginseng. It helps with energy. Um, It's, it's, um, so that's, ashwagandha is one. We have matcha, we have maca, um, but, but I look at it as a overall wellness um, for cognitive health, for immune support. It's not just one functional uh, ingredient, our our products are multifunctional. So I'm looking to target different parts for overall wellness, for cognitive health, immune support, digestive health, and we use pro- probiotics for gut health. Um, so it's, it's really multifunctional ingredients. We use the highest quality ingredients um, available out there. They're all certified organic. So we go above and beyond, you know, it's not easy. It would be much easier for us to produce something, um, it, it, but, but we really care and we source the highest quality ingredients. Um, our berry immunity, which is one of our um, newer product launches over the pandemic, um, has elderberry, camu, camu, echinacea. So it's really working synergistically and to, to provide that bioavailability for the body to absorb the nutrients um, combined with the protein. And, and again, it's all plant-based protein, no soy, no dairy. Um, so very uh, anti-inflammatory, easy for the body to digest. Beautiful. And you mentioned earlier, you started with shakes. How has your brand evolved? So I actually started um, very, very early on. It was a cold pressed juices and shakes um, mm. in, in the line when I way back in uh, 2013. It's evolved so much. Um, sugar has become, you know, even even though it was sugar coming from juice, from cold pressed juice, people were very, um, you know, it, things have changed, and and any sugar um, became the the all evil. So mm-hmm. it evolved into. We saw that people really loved our um, protein shakes. Um, and, and that was doing really well, gaining a lot of traction. So we pivoted and I kept adding more flavors um, within that line. It, it started as um, one of the products. It was actually called Satisfy Me. And it was uh, like a meal, a meal replacement. It was a real meal replacement um, in our cleanse. And I saw how much our consumers loved it. It was um, a combination. It was had hemp seeds and maca and it had different herbs and, and cinnamon, cardamom, nutmeg. Um, and the, the base was an almond milk uh, base with, with uh, plant proteins. And so we saw how much our consumers loved that product. And then I, the next one was chocolate because everyone almost loves chocolate. So the next mm-hmm. one was chocolate. And then I just kept, e- kept evolving with the, the ingredients um, that I loved and I was using daily. Matcha was, was probably our third, yeah, the third uh, product in the line. And then just, you know, looking at, again, ancient um, civilizations, we have a golden mind, which is based on the Ayurvedic uh, golden milk, um, mm-hmm. but ours is 
uh, dairy-free. Traditionally, it was uh, made with dairy. And just looking at different things from uh, ancient remedies. And so it evolved. And then I decided to create um, a cleanse. So it, a cleanse program. So it's a three-day uh, cleanse program. We, again, get great feedback. Um, it's, it's doing really well. Um, it's, it's a way to just jumpstart, um, you know, if you're feeling... Uh, like you need a little boost after the weekend or um, seasonally people uh, do th- do them um, d- within the different season changes. Of course, that new year, new time, new year, new you time, um, we get a lot of orders for our, our remedy reset uh, cleanse. So, you know, I just do what I love. I'm always... Um, on top of the the trends, um, mm-hmm. there, there are things that I'm I'm not ready to launch because maybe it's too trend too, uh, too uh, unknown, um, and and there's a lot of education that would be needed. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm always like that's that's really what I love to do, and always making um, products for myself, and then looking at ways to launch it and scale. That's great. What do you want people to know about your brand that they might not know? I think that healthy can taste great. I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth in specialty and natural channels and also now conventional channels where consumers might not be as educated about some of the ingredients that are in there. And they may see ingredients that they're not familiar with on the front of our bottle. And they may be concerned, well, is ashwagandha going to taste good? Mm-hmm. Is maca going to taste good? Is spirulina going to taste good? For us, we want people to know if Cindy's formulating and putting it in a bottle, it's going to taste great. Try it. You'll love it. And we really want to gain trial from consumers in every channel. Yeah, unfortunately, there are a lot of products out there in the natural channel that that don't taste great. Um, so, so consumers purchase and they, it just leaves a bad uh taste literally <laughs> in their mouth literally um, and and it might uh for for the more mainstream consumer it, it may scare them off and, uh, but but then they'll try our products at, at shows and or they'll you know at conventional stores we're in now like 7-eleven and they're like wow they're they're just amazed to find a premium product like ours in a, in a store like 7-eleven or cbs walmart and they, they see that they can actually drink something healthy that they truly enjoy. But that's, see, that's an important part of, of, of our brand because we started in the specialty natural tra- channel. That's where this mm-hmm. brand is really flourished and grew. But Cindy's goal in starting this business was to bring functional nutrition to the masses, right? For it to yeah. be everywhere. And when Walmart came to us, we had a big decision to make because it was fairly early on and we weren't sure if the timing was right to put Remedy Organics in Walmart. We didn't know if it was off brand for us as well. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we did a lot of research. We spoke to a lot of people and we realized if we're really going to fulfill Cindy's mission of bringing delicious, healthy products to the world, there's no better way to do that than working with the largest retailer in the world. And when other more conventional retailers like 7-Eleven and CVS approached us about bringing Remedy in, it was really the same discussion. But again, it fulfills the mission of this business. So we do great in you know, amazing you know, specialty retailers, 
We do great in natural retailers, but also in some of these conventional and alternative channels. We just launched in all the airports around the country. And again, fulfills the mission. Airports were traditionally food deserts. Mm-hmm. And you know, to have to get on a flight now that you're limited in terms of bringing your own beverages and things, um, you really don't have a choice but to buy something in the airport. So for a consumer to be able to get a bottle of Remedy when they're getting on a flight and have something that's filling but nutritious and wholesome, it's really an amazing thing. And, and, and I think retailers, more and more retailers are catching on to this is, this is really where the puck is going. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Making healthy foods available and accessible to the masses is definitely something that is, I feel, just now starting to happen. And I think that it's amazing that you guys are able to be a part of that movement. We're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like for you to participate in our final segment, Take Five, Five Questions for Our Guests. First, let's pause for a break. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods at a family-owned and operated distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. 818 is created from fully matured blue agave from the Los Altos and Valles regions of tequila. It is then slow cooked for over 30 hours, extracted using traditional Tejona wheels, distilled twice in copper pot stills, and aged in American and French oak barrels. This process creates the best tasting, highest quality tequila possible. Their tequilas have received over 20 blind tasting awards. They strive for excellence in every sip. 818's Blanco is sweet and smooth with undertones of tropical and citrus fruits. Their Reposado is soft and balanced with notes of caramel and vanilla. Their Añejo is elegant and velvety with crisp herbal notes and a warm vanilla finish. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their tequila and find it near you. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly. This episode is proudly supported by Southern Peanut Growers, who are spreading the word about peanut sustainability. As the planet's resources are strained to meet the nutritional needs of its populations, many responsible chefs are doing their part by sourcing local and sustainably raised food. Many are surprised to learn that peanuts are one of the most sustainable plant-based proteins available. Southern Peanut Growers created the campaign Making Sustainable More Attainable in partnership with award-winning chef Stephen Satterfield. Together, they're bringing the sustainability message to chefs nationwide, whether it's conserving water, minimizing fertilizers, or achieving zero waste, peanuts are a logical choice for your next menu. Southern peanut growers represent farmers across Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, and Alabama. For more information, visit www.peanutbutterlovers.com. Welcome back. I'm Megan Rooney of SFA speaking with Cindy and Henry of Remedy Organics. Let's jump into five questions for our final segment, Take Five. What is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? So for me, I love the passionate community we see when we're at these shows and and at uh, specialty food, fancy food. 
um, you know, people that are passionate as, as, as I am, as we are, um, just being around that, the, the energy is, is truly amazing. Um, love, love meeting people that obsess about food just as much as I do. Um, and, and at the show, I also love, uh, tasting all the products. I love all mm-hmm. the samples. I come back with a lot of bags full of, uh, samples. That, that I enjoy later on. What is one thing that SFA has made easier for you as a specialty food business owner? I think the ability to connect with other brands, with suppliers, uh, with customers. Uh, you know, we were really struggling during COVID, not being able to connect, not to have these shows that you guys put on, which are just amazing forums for for making connections on so many levels. Uh, so I think you, know, you guys facilitate those connections and it's, it's invaluable for the growth of our brand. Thanks. If you weren't running a business, what would you be doing? Oh my goodness. Um, there would be so many things I'd be doing. I, <laughs> I love learning. Um, so I would learn all the different things that I always say I don't have enough time for. Um, just again, uh, more health and wellness and meditation and yoga, photography. And, and I love traveling. I would, I would travel more. Um, so, so that's what I would probably be doing. What about you, Henry? Um, I would probably be in another business. I just, I'm a serial Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. I love creating, incredible businesses. Uh, all of my businesses have had a purpose. So I think that for me, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be running some other great business. Hopefully, you know, my kids are getting older. Maybe one day I'll have the opportunity to work with some of them or bring them into this business or do something else with them in the future. But we love what we're doing now. And I, I couldn't think of doing anything else of all the companies I've built and I've built some incredible companies. This one is really the most special because I'm doing it with Cindy and, and it's just, it's just amazing. I love that. What's the one piece of advice you'd give a new food business? I think you know, to follow your passion. If you really believe in, in something, um, there are going to be constant roadblocks and you have to persevere. You have to stick with what you believe in and stay true to it um, and, and be totally committed, as I said, but also surround yourself with great people, right? Um, you must surround yourself with people who have been through this before, who have built a company it doesn't have to be the same product, but people who can give you advice, people who can help you avoid some of the pitfalls that you know are pretty common when you're starting a, bi- a business and a new industry. Um, but you have to just never give up. I mean, I I like to talk about entrepreneurship and you know my my beliefs around it. But it takes a certain type of person to succeed as an entrepreneur. It really isn't for everyone. But if you're able to persevere and get through these walls that are constantly in front of you, 
you will succeed, but you can't give up. And there are going to be walls in front of you every day. And you have to climb over those walls. You have to break through them. You have to dig a hole and tunnel under them, get around them. But you have to be able to do that and, and not have the mindset that you know it's too hard um, and want to give up. You have to believe in it, stay with it, and just find ways to get through those walls. That's great. And I'm sure that listening to your story will be so inspiring to those makers out there to persevere and keep going and follow their dreams. Our last question is, how do you define specialty food? I think really food where it's evident that the producers are committed in so many ways, you know, where there's a story behind it a family, a farm, a specific ingredient, a purpose, uh, innovation, you know, something that's unique, something we haven't tried before. Walking you know, down the aisles at the fancy food show, you get all of that and mm-hmm. constantly surprised by new items that we see. I mean, I'm a pizza nut. And for me, first day of any of your shows, I am in the international section <laughs> looking for the italian pavilion the italian yeah. booth and there's always a couple of guys making incredible fresh pasta making true brick oven pizzas right off the boat from italy and you know to me to be able to experience that and then go to the next aisle and the France and all of a sudden be transported from Italy to France and be tasting some incredible cheeses and then on to, you know, Japan. It's really, it's an amazing, amazing experience. Um, and, yeah. and we love, we love being at your shows. And uh, as I said, they really were uh, missed during the uh, past couple of years. Thanks, Henry. And we love having makers like you guys at our shows and to all the booths in the international pavilions, look out for Henry. He'll, <laughs> he'll be coming in uh, June. Thank you so much, Cindy and Henry. Um, before we go, please tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find us at great stores, you know, from, as we said, from Whole Foods to Walmart, Sprouts, uh, you know, natural channel, conventional channels, specialty channels. Um, and all over the country, all over the country. We're in thousands and thousands of stores. And if you can't find us in your local store, ask them to bring us in. Yep. And if uh, you're still not finding it, remedyorganics.com and also amazon.com. Beautiful. You can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow wherever you get your podcasts. Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. And if you're in the food industry yourself, consider becoming a member of SFA by visiting our membership section on specialtyfood.com. Special thanks to Remedy Organics and to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.